0: Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: Uh, It's a blessing to be with you guys. I want to dive into the Word. Um, If you can dive into the Word with me. In Genesis chapter 41... Genesis chapter 41 and verse 14. Genesis chapter 41 and verse 14, it says this Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit, and when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, He came in before Pharaoh. We just bow our heads and pray over the word today as we dive into this word. God, I just thank you. For Numa South, I thank you for every single person in this room today, God, whether they're part of this church family or they're visiting today. Lord, I thank you that you, uh, every single person in this room is on your mind, Lord God, that you have uh, predestined an encounter for us to have with you this morning, Lord. There is no accident that we have come to this place this morning. And so, God, I just thank you that you have come to encounter us. I thank you that you have come to speak to us. I thank you, God. That you have come to empower us, God, to chase after all that you have for us in 2023. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, many of us would be familiar with the story of Joseph. Uh, The story of Joseph begins with Joseph, uh, his dad, and they have a number of sons and Joseph is the favorite son of his father. And his father is someone who makes this known, like maybe if there there are parents in this room today, I don't know if you have favorite kids or not. I don't have any kids, so I don't know if that's a thing. But Candace is like, that's not a thing. You don't have favorites. Um, But apparently back in Joseph's day, they definitely had favorites and they definitely showed it. And so Joseph was the favorite son among his brothers. And so one day, Joseph's dad goes out and buys Joseph a brand new coat. If we were to translate this story into our times, into our modern times and into our Australian context, it would be like Joseph's dad goes out and buys Joseph a brand new Gucci jacket, right? He gets him this thousands of dollar jacket and he puts it on Joseph. And so all of the other brothers were like, awesome, dad's buying us new jackets, this is gonna be cool, I'm gonna post it on Instagram, it's gonna go viral, you know. They're like super excited about the new jackets that they're gonna get. And so then dad comes into all the other brothers and he's got a plastic bag, a big W bag in his hand and he pulls out all these jackets with discount tags on them and he's like, here you go boys. And they're like, what? this is not fair. How come Joseph gets this Gucci thousands of dollar jacket and our jackets are like 10 bucks. So they hated Joseph. they were like, that's it. Joseph, you're done. We don't like you anymore. They started to hate Joseph. They resented Joseph. They resented that he was favoured by his father. And uh, Joseph at this time, he hadn't yet read how to win friends and influence people. Okay. And so um, let's just say that he would, do things and say things that just didn't put his best foot forward with his brothers and his dad and and so he comes out wearing his Gucci jacket one day and he talks to the boys he's like hey boys how did you sleep they're like looking at him scowling and he's like oh I had a few dreams I've had a few dreams Uh, and they're like not listening and he's like do you want me to tell you about it obviously doesn't take the hint, he starts telling them about the dreams, he's like, basically the dream was a God dream, and the gist of it was that all y'all were bowing down to me, (laughs) and the boys were like, that's it, Joseph's cancelled, Joseph's done, this is it for Joseph, we hate Joseph, They decide to cancel Joseph. But how many know you can't cancel a God dream? How many know you can't cancel the Holy Spirit? You can't cancel the purpose of God. You can't cancel the destiny that God has for you. What God starts, hell cannot stop. And so God had a plan and a purpose for Joseph that could not be canceled. A plot twist comes, uh, a plot twist that Joseph never saw happening in his story. Imagine if way back in the Gucci days, God had told Joseph, like, hey, Joseph, you're going to be the prime minister of Australia one day, but you're going to spend about 10, 20 years, you're going to spend a long time in slavery and prison. Like, he'd be like, oh, can I get a different God dream? Like, can you exchange that? Can you give that one to Steve? Like, I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to be in slavery. And uh, But God doesn't tell him. And this plot twist comes. And so he doesn't realize what's going on, but he's faithful to serve God anywhere that he takes him. And the Bible says that everywhere that he went, God was with him. I want to encourage you, church, today, you might not be where you thought you would be today, but God is with you. You might not see what you thought you'd see by now, but God is with you. Things might not be turning out the way that you had anticipated or expected, but God is with you. And if God is with you, then who can be against you? No one can stand against you when God is. Is with you. And we see in this moment, in this verse that we read in Genesis, God is with Joseph, and the time of his dream is about to come to pass. His calling is about to see its fulfillment in the destiny that God has for him. We see that the king starts to call Joseph to come and interpret his dreams. And as the king calls Joseph, we see that Joseph has to change his clothes. His change of season required a change of clothing. His response to the king's calling came with responsibility. And I believe this morning, church, that the King is calling us this morning. King Jesus is calling every single person in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, from the newest Christian to the most mature Christian. God has called every single one of us. The call of the King is among us. And as we step into this new season, I believe that it requires a change of clothing, I want to tell you this morning that there is a dress code attached to your destiny. There is a dress code attached to your destiny. There are some things we need to take off and other things we need to put on if we want to step into all that God has for us in 2023. There are some things we just can't keep wearing in 2023. I don't know if you've ever been caught in a situation where what you were wearing just did not match the environment that you were in. Like ever been really overdressed or really underdressed and felt really uncomfortable when you realised that your dress code was not right, it didn't match the environment. I don't know if you've ever walked into McDonald's in wedding clothes but all of a sudden, it's like everybody's watching you. They're like, oh, she thinks she's the queen of McDonald's, does she? Look at her with her Happy Meal and whatever. You know, you're sitting down, you're in this gown. You know, it's so awkward. Your are dressed code and what you're dressing, your outfit doesn't match your environment. I believe that God is calling us as a church and he's saying, hey church, there is a dress code attached to your destiny in 2023. There are some things we need to change that won't fit where we're going in 2023, that won't fit our destiny. There are some things I believe I need to change in 2023. I believe God is calling us to do a fit check an outfit check. There are some things that we need to take off as we step into all God has for us. For I don't know about you, but for where I'm going, I can't wear bitterness anymore. For where I'm going, I can't wear shame anymore. I can't wear pride anymore. Come on, I can't wear depressive thoughts anymore. I can't wear unforgiveness anymore. I can't wear fear anymore. I can't wear insecurity anymore. Why? Because what God is calling me into does not match that outfit that I had been wearing in previous seasons. There are some things we need to take off because You see, what we wear spiritually affects the way that we interact with God, the enemy, and the world around us. What we are wearing spiritually affects the way that we interact with God, the enemy, and the world around us. If I walked into Target in a Target uniform... (laughs) I don't work at Target, so if I walked into Target in a Target uniform, it would be weird. Um, But just go with me for a moment, if I walked into Target in a Target uniform, it would change the perception that other people had of me in Target. It would change the expectation that they have of me in Target. It would change the way that people interact with me in that environment because what I am wearing sends out a particular message to everyone, everywhere in that environment. In the same way, what we are wearing spiritually puts out a message of how the enemy, how God, how the world around us is allowed to access us and interact with us. So God's saying, hey, there's some things we need to take off because he wants us to have all that he has for us in 2023. Our effectiveness in the kingdom of God and our ability to move forward in the king's calling on our life can either be limited or limitless, based ...on what we are wearing. What are you wearing into 2023? There's a passage in Luke that talks about how we should live in response to the king's call. And in Luke 12 verse 35 to 36 it says this... ...stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning... ...and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Now, a number of years ago, there was a debate going on. It was a very important debate, and the debate was all about whether or not leggings are pants. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been involved in this debate, but people people are passionate about it one side of the debate, people were saying, leggings are not pants. You can't wear them as pants. Leggings are active wear. You need to keep, yeah, there's anybody in that camp, yeah, people are like, yes, the leggings are not pants. There were people in the other camp that said, no, my whole life is active. Therefore, I need to wear my active wear pants for my active life. So, therefore, I can wear my active wear pants. And so, there was this debate going on, And I'm just about to drop a massive revelation on you, church. Massive revelation. Are you ready for it? In 2023, spiritually speaking, the Bible tells us, that leggings are pants. The Bible tells us that we need to have our active wear on, that we need to be dressed and ready for action. I'm not going to wear my loungewear. I'm not going to wear anything else. I need to be ready to chase after the things that God has for me in 2023, to run into my destiny in 2023. We need to be ready for action, the Bible says, ready to run, ready to chase after the things that God has for you this year. <laughs> Get our active wear on. I love the other two parts of this verse where it says keep your lamps burning and it says be like men who are listening to the door waiting for the master to come home. It's telling us to posture ourselves in a way we're not where we're not just ready for action but we're full of the fire of God. We're burning for Jesus. We're on fire for Him. Uh, the anointing of God is so, um, so thick in our lives that we are on fire. We are blazing for Him. In the, in the Bible, when it talks about the lamps, those lamps were fil- filled with oil and that oil represents the oil of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit for us to keep our lamps burning, for us to be on fire for Jesus. We need fresh oil this morning. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit to be poured into our hearts, poured into our lives afresh every day to keep our lamps burning. And the, the last part of this verse talks about listening to the master coming home and being attentive and ready, waiting for him to open the door and ready to receive him when he knocks. And so this speaks about having a posture where we are so in tune with what God is doing. We are listening for him. We are tuning our ears and our attention and our focus into God this year. I love what Pastor Corey says. He says, stay within whispering distance of Jesus. We need to live within whispering distance of Jesus this year. if We want to respond to the king's call and follow into everything that he has for us. So there are three things I believe God wants us to put on uh, as we step into 2023 and respond to the King's calling. The first thing that God wants us to put on is to put on Christ. He wants us to put on Christ. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 13 verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know, when Jesus died on a cross for us, he reconciled us to God. He made a way for us to receive salvation. And he actually bought us a whole new wardrobe. We don't need to wear those filthy rags of the world anymore because Jesus has given us royal robes. You have inherited royal robes that Jesus has purchased for you on the cross. You know, I believe that sometimes there are things that we wear just because it's something that has been in our wardrobe for a long time. Maybe it's comfortable, maybe we don't even know where we picked it up from, but we wear it because we've had it for a long time. Maybe you've been wearing shame since you picked it up 25 years ago. Now you don't even think twice about putting it on in the morning. Maybe you've been wearing fear and anxiety and it's been stopping you from stepping into all that God has for you and you just don't know how to break free from it. I believe this morning that the solution is to put on Christ, to take off the world's filthy rags and to put on the royal robes that Jesus has purchased for us, the identity that he has for us, to put on Christ. Come on, it's time to take off shame and put on righteousness. It's time to take off fear and put on faith. It's time to take off timidity and put on boldness. It's time to take off that orphan spirit and put on sonship because you are a child of God. It's time to take off that victim mentality and it's time to put on Christ's victory. It's time to take off anxiety and worry and to put on his peace. It's time to take off our weakness and put on his strength this morning. It's time to get dressed and put on Christ. I love the way that uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 12 uh, in the message paraphrase uh, puts it. It says this, So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with our new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. The second thing that I believe that God wants us to put on is to put on the armor of God. He wants us to put on the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this Finally, be strong in the Lord. And having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and all supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We need to put on the armor Of God to fight against the strategies and schemes of the enemy in our lives. You know, sometimes when God wants to get our attention, sometimes when God is speaking to us and He wants us to get a revelation in our lives, sometimes He uses our lives, real life examples in our lives, to illustrate His revelation. Does that happen to anyone or is that just me? Yeah, a few people. um, Yeah. God has used different scenarios in my life to illustrate a revelation, and this week that happened to me. I was at Planet Shakers Conference on Thursday night, and at the end of the session, a whole bunch of people got saved. Um, Hundreds of people were down the front, and they said, hey, if any pastors could come and pray for people, that would be great. So I went down the front, and I went and I prayed for people. And just as you do, just got stuck talking to people after the service. And when I got back to my seat a long time after the service had finished, my handbag was gone. Yeah, Probably dumb that I didn't take it with me, but uh, my handbag was gone. And so there's people cleaning up the auditorium, and so I went to the people. I was like, "Hey guys, um, I just left my handbag down here. Went down to pray for people. Just come back, and I can't find my handbag anywhere." And they're like, "Oh, we haven't seen any handbags. Sorry, we've been cleaning up this whole place. We haven't, we haven't seen it. We haven't noticed it. No one's handed anything in." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Great, and so they were like, maybe call some people that you were with. Maybe one of them took it. So I called them. And they didn't see it. Like, go go see the info desk. Go talk to security of the the convention center. Went and talked to all these different people. Not one person had found my bag. Not one person had seen my bag. Now at this point, I was like starting to get a bit worried, right? because I live in Geelong, I was at the Melbourne Convention Centre, my keys were in my bag, so I couldn't get my car out of the um, car park to take it back to Geelong, so I was like, where am I going to sleep tonight, what am I going to do? Uh, everything was in my bag, my wallet, uh, my ID, I'm going to New Zealand this week and America in a few weeks, so I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I even going to travel if I need to get my ID changed over, I'm not going to be able to have my driver's license, all these things things are running through my mind, I started to get overwhelmed, right? I was like, this is not good. What am I going to do? And so I try to work out what I'm going to do. How am I going to get back to Geelong? How am I going to get my car? Um, And my sister lives about 15 minutes from the convention center. So I thought I'll just call her. I'll catch an Uber to her house and I'll work out how I'm going to get back to Geelong, how we're going to do everything, get keys to my house, everything, cancel the cards on the way. So uh, I, I call my sister, I'm on my way to her house, jump in an Uber. And so as I'm in the Uber, I'm trying to work out, like, what's my next step? I'm, like, just completely overwhelmed. I'm just thinking, I don't know if you've ever been in this space where your just head is just frazzled. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Uber driver starts talking to me, right, like, like every good Uber driver does. And he starts asking me, like, oh, what was happening at the convention center tonight? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a conference called Planet Shakers. And in my head, I'm just like not really engaging with the conversation. I'm listening to him, but I'm not really listening. I'm just overwhelmed and trying to work out what's going on uh, in in my mind. And uh, as he's talking to me and asking me these questions about what I've been doing, I just felt the Lord speak to me. And the Holy Spirit just grabbed my attention and grabbed my heart. And he said, Layla, does this man's soul matter more to you than your bag, your wallet, your travel plans and your comfort right now? And I was like, yes, Lord, of course, of course he does. And God was like, then listen to him. And so I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help because, like, I can't listen right now. I was like, Holy Spirit, help me. And I just put down my phone, put down all my stuff, and I turned to this man. I'll call him Steve because I don't want to give his privacy away. But I turned to this man, and I smiled, and I started telling him about the conference. And I started saying, you know, it's a Christian conference, and they teach the Bible, and we sing songs about God, and he's... Come from a Muslim background, so he's asking me. He's like, "Oh, that sounds nice. Like, that's great, lo- lovely." And then uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'm a pastor, and I preach the Word of God." And he's like, "Oh, Christian. Like, can you tell me about Christianity?" And he starts talking to me about Christianity. He's like, "Have you read the four Bibles?" And I was like, mm, "Don't know what you're talking about." But there's there's two testaments, and so I start telling him about the Old Testament and the New Testament, the story of God, the story of salvation. He asks me all of these different questions. He's asking me, you know, what does, uh, what do you think about gay people? And he's asking me, what do you think about the prophet Muhammad? And he starts firing all these different questions at me. And I, I get to tell him about heaven and hell and that the only way to get into heaven is through Jesus Christ. I get to share the entire gospel with this man. And as as we get to my sister's house, I get a call. That call was from someone at Planet Shakers Conference, one of the team, and they said to me, oh, hey, Layla, someone's handed in your bag, one of our team, we're about to leave, everything's shut down. This was like an hour later, 11.30 at night, and they're like, "Um, would you like to come back and grab your bag? I was like, I turned to my friend Steve and I was like, hey, do you reckon you could take me back? Is it possible for you to take me back to the conference center? And he's like, I would love to. Sure, no worries. So we drive all the way back and he's asking me all these questions. He's telling me about his life. He's telling me about his daughter and, and different things that were going on in his life and asking me about Christianity. And we're, as we're pulling up to the conference center, I said, hey, Steve, do you mind if I pray for you and your family before I go? And he said, please, I would love that. Thank you. That would be awesome. And so I just start praying for him and pray for Jesus to reveal himself to him and pray that he would have an encounter with God and pray favor and blessing over his family. And uh, as, as I got out of the car, he looked me in the eyes and he said, thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. If you hadn't told me, I would never have known. Do you know what? I believe that the enemy's strategy right now, what I see him doing, coming to do against the people of God, is to try and get us overwhelmed. Because if he can overwhelm us with different circumstances and situations that are going on in our lives, he thinks if he can overwhelm us, then he can distract us, that he can stop us from actually fulfilling the call and the mission and the purpose of God for us in a moment. But you know what? I believe that as we put on the armour of God, as we we take up uh, up the armor of God, we can actually overcome overwhelmed. We can overcome the strategies of the enemy. We can overcome what the enemy is bringing against us and we can run into the plans and purposes of God for our lives. We can advance the kingdom of God. We can step into all that God has for us as we put on the armor of God the Bible tells us about the armor of God being the helmet of salvation. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we exchange our thoughts for the mind of Christ. If you've been having trouble in in your mind, if you've been overwhelmed with stress and anxiety and thoughts, I want to encourage you this morning, put on the helmet of salvation, put on the mind of Christ to come against the strategies of the enemy in your mind this morning. We put on the a breastplate of righteousness. When the enemy comes and he tries to make you feel shame deep down in your heart and in your identity, God says, no, you don't have to feel that shame anymore. You don't have to feel that condemnation anymore because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. My friend said this morning, God has set us free. God has given us his righteousness. We can exchange our shame for his glory in our lives. We can point to his glory because of the righteousness Righteousness that He has given us, the belt of truth has been given to us, so we can find security and foundation in His truth. His truth holds our life together because we can hold on to His truth when the lies of the enemy are swirling around us. Uh, we we are putting on the gospel of peace. The Bible says we put this on as our shoes. As our shoes, we carry the gospel of peace. That means that everywhere that you step your feet, everywhere that you walk, you're leaving kingdom footprints. You're leaving kingdom footprints in your school. You're leaving kingdom footprints in your workplace. You're leaving kingdom footprints in your neighbourhood. You're leaving kingdom footprints at the grocery store. You're leaving kingdom footprints everywhere that you go because you are wearing kingdom kicks I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I don't know if you noticed, but I got kingdom kicks on this morning. I'm wearing my kingdom kicks. I'm wearing my kingdom kicks. The the Bible tells us to take up the shield of faith. And it tells us when we take up the shield of faith, it extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy. Do you know what? Your faith has a built-in fire extinguisher, a built-in dart destroyer. When we stand on our faith, when, when faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, when we stand on that faith that God has given us, every dart that the enemy tries to throw at you shrivels up and falls to the ground because that shield of faith is a fire extinguisher for the darts of the enemy. The Bible tells us to take up the sword of the Spirit. You know, the sword of the Spirit talks about advancing. When you have a sword, you're not just on the defense, you can actually attack, you can actually move forward, you can actually go forward into all the things that God has for you. When we build our lives on the firm foundation of the word of God, we are actually taking that sword and we are advancing kingdom territory in our lives. We are taking ground for the kingdom of God and the purpose of God in our lives. The third and final thing that God wants us to put on, if the worship team could join me, as we respond to the King's call in our life this morning, is to put on the anointing of God. God wants us to put on the anointing of God. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 43, it says this, And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Do you know when Jesus came from heaven to earth, The Bible tells us that he took off his heavenly robes and he put on human skin. He came and he lived and he dwelt among us. He became one of us so that he might save us. But the Bible also tells us, and Jesus says this himself, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. So Jesus was clothed in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So one day when a desperate woman comes to Jesus looking for a miracle, looking for an answer that the world didn't have to give, when she was desperate and she reached out and touched Jesus, she wasn't just touching his garment in the natural. She was touching what he was clothed in in the supernatural. She reached out and she touched the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when she touches the anointing, The anointing on Jesus becomes a connection point for the miraculous to flow in her life, in her body, in her world. Do you know what? Jesus tells us that he wants us to be clothed in his anointing. He tells us to be clothed in his anointing, not just so that we can enjoy the presence of God, although we do from being clothed in the anointing. He wants us to be clothed in His anointing so that we can be a connection point for the miraculous in our world. Come on. When we are filled with the anointing of God, we can become part of someone else's miracle. When we are filled with the anointing of God, we can become part of someone else's breakthrough. When we are filled with the anointing of God, we can become part of somebody else's healing. We become a connection point for the kingdom of God, the power of God the healing of God to flow through us into the world around us that has no other option, no other hope. I want to finish with this. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24 and 49, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high clothed with power from on high that word clothed in the greek is enduo and the definition of enduo is to be clothed with the sense of sinking in to a garment I want to tell you this morning that as we are clothed in the anointing, as we are clothed in power from on high, it's not about striving to fulfill the King's call in our life in 2023. It's not about striving to make things happen and to see miracles and striving to outwork the plan and the purpose of God in your career, in your family. It's not about striving. It's about sinking. It's about sinking into His presence, sinking in to His anointing, sinking in to the Holy Spirit, sinking into the anointing that he has for every one of our lives. And guess what? The anointing that he has for you is a perfect fit for your destiny. It's a perfect fit for what he's calling you into. The Bible tells us about David, that he was called, he was anointed to be a king In Israel, he was called to take down a giant and Saul tried to give him armor, but the armor didn't fit. David had to take off that armor. Because he didn't need the world's anointing. He didn't need the world's clothing. He didn't need the world's garment. All he needed was what was in his hands and the anointing of heaven. And as he began to sink into that anointing, he ran into his calling. And he ran into everything that God had for him. He took down giants in his generation. He did incredible things for God. And church, I believe that God is calling every one of us this morning. He's saying, church, it's not about striving. It's about sinking. When you sink into the anointing that I have for you, you'll be able to flow and run into the plans and the purposes that I have for you in 2023.
0: Can we... Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour.